Well, thanks for joining us once again as we continue our look through the Bible together in 2021. We're on week 17 this week, and we should have been looking through 1 Samuel chapters 9 through 17. We started into the book of 1 Chronicles towards the end of this week, and the record of the beginning of the church in the book of Acts, from Acts 8 through Acts 12. And what I want to do this, this time is just spend a few moments drawing out um, the character of Saul, the one who the people demanded that the Lord set before them. So in 1 Samuel chapter 8, which we looked at last time that we were together in Israel's demand for the king and the, the wrong reasons for that, we see a fulfillment of that here this week. And that's starting in 1 Samuel chapter 9, and we see that quickly deteriorating over the next couple of chapters. Also want to look quickly at a few things from the book of Acts. Together love the book of Acts and that record of God really beginning to work in a new and different way in the world through the power of his Holy Spirit resting on believers. And you know, I, I just would also, I guess, mention there, you see the difference in the Old Testament and the New Testament, a comparison and contrast. In the Old Testament, we see God's Spirit coming onto specific people at a specific time and for a specific purpose. We see that here today with King Saul, that the Spirit of the Lord was upon him. And just a few chapters later, we see that he has turned his heart from the Lord and the Spirit of the Lord was removed from him and he was given a spirit of torment from God is what Scripture tells us. And as we look through the book of Acts, we see the Holy Spirit coming upon the early church and empowering believers to go and to work for the Lord. And it's just an interesting an interesting thing as you look through the New Testament, we see that now we as believers through the power of Jesus Christ and through his sacrifice receive that gift of the Holy Spirit. And while in the Old Testament it was definitely a gift, it was somewhat conditional based upon the person and upon their heart. So as we look at those things today, I would invite you to open up your copy of God's Word. We'll be looking at starting in the book of 1 Samuel together. Now in 1 Samuel chapter 9, we see that Saul is chosen to be the first king over Israel. Saul is chosen to be the one that um, Israel demands to be a king like all the other nations, and they want someone who will rule over them and judge them and fight their battles for them. And as you look through the early account of Saul's leadership of Israel, you see that he was a successful military leader. He did build a strong army. He did go and fought hard on enemies on all sides. We're told here a little bit later in the book of First Samuel, but. It's just, it's a pretty much a comical story, and please don't miss that in 1 Samuel chapter 9, of Saul being chosen king. Now the king is one who should represent the people well before the Lord, and who should represent the Lord well before the people. It almost functioned in the role of a priest, not in that he offered sacrifices, but that he was a go-between between the, the people. And he should have been the one who was doing it absolutely right. You know, the king should have been the model citizen for the people of God, and he should have had a relationship with the Lord that was strong and vibrant and that led other people towards him. You know, we're told in the book of 
Deuteronomy, in Deuteronomy 17, that there were requirements for the king. And the first thing was that the king should sit down and make a, a copy, a handwritten copy of the entire book of the law. He should record all of those things so that he would ingrain them in his heart, that he would know who God is and what he has done. And here in 1 Samuel chapter 9, we get this kind of comical story of Saul who is looking for his father's donkeys, these lost donkeys that go away. And we see Saul kind of stumbling around and bumbling and and not even recognizing that God is doing something in his midst. He doesn't recognize who Samuel is. He doesn't even think to go and to inquire of the Lord, to ask about the donkeys. He's going to do it his own way, and he's going to do it um, in his own timing. So please don't miss that that is absolutely Samuel's commentary on who Saul was. There's a reason that we are introduced to Saul with that story, that these two donkeys have gone missing, and it should have been easy for him to go and to find them, or at least think about how he could go and find them, but he wasn't even able to do that. In fact, we see Saul's servant coming along with him, and he's the one who suggests that they should go up and they should look for the seer, the prophet in Israel, and they should ask for his help. They should inquire of the Lord. Samuel has no idea that he should even do that. And so that's very, it's a very telling thing for Saul, that it is not his first reaction to go and to inquire of the Lord. And as you go through 1 Samuel 9 there, you see that Samuel and Saul come to meet and are introduced, and we see um, that Saul is going to be anointed by the, by the Lord as king of Israel. Um, he doesn't quite know that yet. You get into verse uh, into chapter 10, rather, and you see that Samuel takes the, the flask of oil and goes in, and he anoints him. Has not the Lord anointed you to be prince over his people Israel? And you shall reign over the people of the Lord, and you will save them from the hand of their surrounding enemies. And this shall be a sign to you that the Lord has anointed you to be prince over his heritage. When you depart from me today, you will meet two men by Rachel's tomb in the territory of Benjamin and Zelzah, and they will say to you, the donkeys that you went to seek are found. Now your father has ceased to care about the donkeys and is anxious about you, saying, What shall I do about my son? You know, it's the sign that the Lord gives him, that those two donkeys that he couldn't locate, he couldn't think of how to locate, have been returned home, and that he is proving that he is a God who enables. He is the God who um, will help him. And we see Saul here declared king in the end of that chapter, and goes on and talks about um, how, how Samuel um, is again reminding the people that they should not have asked for the king at this time anyway. You know, he says, this is, this is not the right thing, but this is the man that the Lord has set before you. And he's just introduced us to him with that comical story of the donkeys. And there's a little bit of a na 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 I told you so, in those stories. You know, but we do get a, a story here of Saul defeating the Ammonites, going up um, for war. Um, going up against the Ammonites in war for Israel and defeating them, the Lord prevailing. Then chapter 12, you get a record of Samuel's farewell address. And down there towards the, the end of chapter 12, you get this prescription for the people and for the king. I'm going to start reading in chapter 12, verse 12, and read for a few verses. 
And when you saw that Nahash, the king of the Ammonites, came up against you, you said to me, No, but a king shall reign over us, when the Lord your God was your king. And now, behold the king you have chosen, for whom you have asked. Behold, the Lord has set a king over you. And if you will fear the Lord and serve him, and obey his voice, and not rebel against the commandment of the Lord, and if both you and the king who reigns over you will follow the Lord your God, it will be well. But if you will not obey the voice of the Lord, but rebel against the commandment of the Lord, then the hand of the Lord will be against you and your king. Now therefore stand still and see this great thing that the Lord will do before your eyes. Is it not wheat harvest today? I will call upon the Lord, and he may send thunder and rain, and you shall know and see that your wickedness is great, which you have done in the sight of of the Lord, and asking yourselves for a king. So Samuel called upon the Lord, and the Lord sent thunder and rain that day, and all the people feared greatly the Lord and Samuel. And he goes on, and he reminds them again, just how important it is for them and their king, their representative, to serve the Lord faithfully. You go down to verse 24, Only fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart, for consider what great things he has done for you. Now Samuel is anointed king for a specific purpose and reason. And while there is some victory there, a part of that anointing from the Lord is to show them that he knows what's best and that they do not. And so we quickly see here Saul not following this advice from Samuel to follow hard after the Lord, because if he does that, then it will be well with him. We see just in the next chapter, actually, that Saul goes against what um, his role was as the king, and he doesn't wait for the prophets. He doesn't wait for the priests to come. He hurries up and he offers the burnt offering because he wants to get on to his military victory. And that, unfortunately, is the beginning of the end for Saul as king of Israel. He does not last very long. Um, Jonathan, his son, we see is, um, again, this story of when he goes up against the Philistines in 1 Samuel 14, that um, just saying uh, again from the narrator that Saul does not really have a good relationship with the Lord. His son um, goes up and trusts in God and believes in him, but um, Saul himself does not see that happening. He makes this vow, and he goes on and he fights against enemies, and we see here again that he had military victory, but then we get to chapter 15, and we see that the Lord rejects Saul. And at the same time, we go on, and that David is then anointed as the true king of Israel. And we see that the, the spirit of the Lord, the power of the Lord that was upon Saul was taken off of him, and in fact, the, a spirit of torment was given to Saul, rather. You know, it's just a really, really telling um, historical account of the fact that we need to be very careful to listen and obey the Lord with all our hearts. I mean, the people of Israel had seen God work in very physical ways, had seen him redeem them in many different ways. And... Um, Saul should have been a part of that. You know, his his family should have told him that. He should have known who God was. And yet, they chose to reject the Lord and to, to demand a king like 
the other nations. And what we're going to see then is that the Lord gives them exactly what they wanted. Here's a king like the other nations, and he's a king who is not going to lead you toward me, but rather a king who's going to lead you away from me. And we see then that God provides for them the correct king in David. And that's not to say that David was perfect. You know, David had some very serious character flaws and some very serious moral flaws, but he is the man whom God had chosen to reign over his people. And in fact, the man God had chosen to institute an eternal reign for all people through Jesus Christ. And it's just really important for us to remember that when God tells us to do something, even though the circumstances around us might force us to think that we need to do something different, we need to hurry up, we need to make it happen on our timetable, we need to be very careful to seek the Lord and to trust after him. I'd like to look for just a moment um, at a few things in the book of Acts. So I would invite you to turn over there as we um, continue to look through the, the start of the early church there. And this week we read Acts 8 through Acts 12. And we get introduced here to a young man named Saul. And um, we see here that Saul was present at the stoning of Stephen. That was in Acts chapter Seven and then act, Saul actually takes that act as the the starting point for going and um, really persecuting the church. In fact, Saul eight, I'm sorry, Acts eight one tells us that Saul approved of his execution. He was happy about the stoning of Stephen because he saw that as tearing down the thing that was coming against him, and so we. And we get a record here of 8 and 9 of Saul coming against the church. And then in chapter 9 of Acts, we get a record of the Lord working in his life and changing some things in this conversion of Saul. You know, the thing that really jumps out to me about the conversion of Saul here is not so much that God worked in his life in an incredibly powerful way. I believe God can do that. We have seen him do that. and We see lives change. The thing that really jumps out to me from Acts chapter 9 that I want to read together here today is starting in verse 10 when we get this account of God calling Ananias to go and to be a part of this thing that on all accounts from the outside perspective would seem like a death wish really. Acts 9.10 says this, Now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Rise and go to the street called Straight. And at the house of Judas look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. For behold, he is praying. And he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. So put yourself in Ananias' shoes for just a moment. You know, the, the church at this point is not that big. There are several thousand people who believe, and they have been scattered throughout the world, but word has gotten around that there is a new sheriff in town, and his name is Saul, and he is not to be messed with. He is coming, and he is throwing people in prison. He is approving of the execution of believers and followers of Christ, and he is a bad guy. He is a bad guy. And so, 
Ananias here has a vision from the Lord and says, you need to go and not just talk to him. You need to go and lay your hands on him and help him to regain his sight. Can you imagine what that would have felt like for you and I? God would have called us to go and to intercede for someone um, who was actively persecuting and killing Christians today. Just asked us to go and to be a part of that. And we get go on in verse 13 of 9. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias departed and entered the house, and laying hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road by which you came, has sent me, so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes, and he regained his sight. And he re uh, Then he rose and was baptized, and taking food, he was strengthened." You know, we, we put a lot of emphasis on the Apostle Paul, who you know, was Saul. After his conversion, the Lord changed his name here to Paul. Um, we don't focus a whole lot on Ananias. You know, each of us has a specific role to play in God's place in our story. And, you know, we each have something to do. And Ananias had a big thing to do here, a hard thing to do. And if he had not been faithful in that, if he had not been faithful in that, then God's word um, may not have come in this way through um, the Apostle Paul. And some, some very different things could have happened in the history of the church. You know, he says, Paul here is a chosen instrument of mine to go before Gentiles and kings and Israel and, you know, in that choosing, God is going to show him how much he must suffer for the sake of his name. Paul had a specific role to play. He's written a good portion of the New Testament. He went and he testified before kings. He went and he testified before um, the Gentiles. Uh, people might know that God's kingdom is all-encompassing. The reign of Christ is not just for the Jewish people. The reign of Christ is for all of the world. I mean, he had a specific role to play in showing the Jews who Jesus was. But Ananias had a specific role to play in showing Paul who Jesus Christ was and showing him that he really was going to follow through with um, what he said he was going to do. So, just want to encourage you today that whether you're a Paul or whether you're an Ananias, to fulfill the role that God has for you. He has something specific for you to do. And as you continue to read through the book of Acts, you see these just very specific, um, this, this incredibly wild story of how God is working in the early church and the role of the Holy Spirit in specific people's lives. There, make sure, make sure that you're not missing the adventure God is sending your way to live for Him and to love other people today. He will help you to do that through the power 
of the Holy Spirit, even, even when it's something really hard, even when he's calling you to go to Saul and to um, show him who Jesus Christ is, he will empower you to do that and be with you every step of the way. Well, thank you for joining us here this week. We will be back together again next week and looking at week 18 of our Bible reading. We'll be finishing that first page on the inside of our pamphlet for following through on that paper version of the um, handout there for this year. So thanks so much for joining us. Hope that you have a great day.